This week on Beggar's Bread, we're going to be talking about mental illness, anxiety, um, depression, and suicide. Maybe not in that order, but um, those topics. And we just wanted to let you know beforehand, before our introduction, that if this is something that's more sensitive for you, um, you know, no pressure to listen to every episode. It might be a good episode to maybe have a friend listen to it or just take a break for a week. And we'll be happy to see you next week. Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, we bring you Atrophy of Empathy. And with that, I'm your co-host Luke from Wisconsin. And I'm here with Nick. I'm actually not here with Nick. Nick is in North Carolina. I'm. I'm. There's some weird spatial time yeah. warping going on. Spatial time warp. Science well, I guess watching the X Files yesterday. Oh, that's cool. I don't know what that is. It sounds sciency. I mean, it's actually. See, oh man, I should have mentioned this when we were talking about conspiracy theories on the last episode. The last episode, man, <laughs> we're doing commercials I that after. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's we'll just it. teleport it <laughs> just doing doing uh inter just doing commercials for last week's episode each week <laughs> basically are... so if you haven't been to episode three you if should you listen been, to it you should go and visit it it's very uh very good and we then think if you <laughs> have already listened to it you should just give us a review on apple podcast oh boom that gives us views also if we're just gonna put in plugs don't forget our bonus episode this month with our Patreon called Downs Downs I cannot speak Down Syndrome and the WWE or is it is it the WWE or is it just WWE? I think I just wrote Down Syndrome and WWE. Oh, okay, that's good. Catchy title. Like I said, my my titles are not as creative as yours. Actually, that was mine, right? Yeah. No, yeah, we, was, dude, you we're we're doing great. We're 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 killing it or not killing it because that sounds violent. We're we're nailing it. Well, yeah, there you go. That's that's constructive. Anyway. That's way better given the topic at hand. So segue. <laughs> segue. Um, yeah, we are talking about mental illness this week. Um, specifically, a sermon by Pastor Jerome Gay Jr. And he is at Vision Church. Did I say that right? Vision? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, now I'm just questioning everything. Did I put the in front of everything? or just it's, Anyway, so tell us, Nick. Uh, Nick actually attended the sermon. Tell us why you thought of the sermon, Nick. I thought the sermon as a resource for people in that it was one of the more powerful messages I've heard in a while. And I think this was delivered in, gosh, it could be 2018, I want to say, whenever the pandemic wasn't going on. And what struck me the hardest was, first of all, it was a topic that I think resonates with a lot of people. And it's not often communicated, particularly within the church. And I mean, like, I got a degree in social work, so, like, obviously, like, talking about mental health and mental illness um, and engaging with individuals and, like, working through that with them was, like, kind of part of our, you know, on, like, a baseline level, at least for, like, undergrad. Like, we discussed it. Um, But I think, like, within church spaces, there's oftentimes a silence. And for people struggling, silence can be deafening. And so... For this sermon, like when I was there, what struck me the hardest was, first off, the the pastor, Jerome Gay Jr., 
um, repented for the way he perpetuated the struggling of those with mental health and also apologized on behalf of the church, like right off the back. Um, and I think that's something that we don't often see from leaders or people in positions of authority, at least like as far as my experience with the church goes, is like I've never seen a person in leadership like take that humble stance of saying like, yeah, like I want to extend like an apology on behalf of the church for anybody that's experienced invalidation or have had their mental illness exacerbated by the actions of people within this building that are supposed to be comforting them. And so for me, like that was kind of the big part that I was like, Ooh, wow. This hits very home for me. (laughs) Yeah. And also I would like to acknowledge just upfront that talking about mental illness is very broad uh, and I think that's actually, in some ways, that is the beauty of a lot of what Pastor Jerome was sharing, is it it can be kind of difficult and messy to talk about, and being able to approach it with the sort of humility and vulnerability that he did was really wonderful. Um, I think it, it may be good for us to just share our co-listener this week. I think she gives a great recap this is rose from minnesota and she says in this sermon pastor jerome gay jr uses ephesians six seventeen and the concept of the helmet of salvation to provide some clarity and guidance both to those who struggle with mental illness and the believers who are in relationship with them he does a great job handling the sensitivity surrounding the topic of mental health explaining multiple times that while some suffering is due to our disobedience much of our suffering is not our own fault and is not due to our own lack of faith without presenting it as an impossible situation or making us feel powerless to do anything about it. He presents salvation and remembering our salvation as a way to counteract the attacks on our mind by Satan, saying that we are saved by grace through faith for good works and that eternal security in salvation gives us mental stability. Um, so, Then she also continues, here he touches on the importance of remembering where you have been with God, which I personally have found to be crucial in my own journey towards mental health. He also gives us a list of seven steps or stages to giving away peace and the things that trigger that process. This section felt very true to me and my experience and gave me the sense that he was preaching this message from the space of empathy and understanding. And uh, she continues, he also specifically addresses those who do not suffer from mental illness, and makes it clear that this is their fight also. Pastor Gay encourages believers to show up for people, to get into their space and love them, listing seven things they can do to support those who suffer from mental illness. He draws on Matthew 25, 40, and reminds us that when we don't help the hurting, we don't help Jesus. He calls out the church for having failed to support and love those who struggle with mental illness, calling us miserable comforters, in the ways the church has traditionally responded to mental health issues. Overall, I think this sermon is deeply relevant and important, and I am grateful that, in an environment that generally pulls away from these types of conversations, there are those like Pastor Jason, or I'm sorry, is it Jason? Or I'm sorry, Jerome Gay Jr., who understands the urgency and importance and are willing to go there. Ultimately, this sermon is calling the church to live vulnerably and in full understanding of our salvation by grace, both so others can care for us and so we can care for others. Thank you, Rose, for that. 
um, review trailer and just recapping and giving your thoughts. And I think, and also Rose, she just mentioned while she was giving me her view, she's like, this is a, a big topic to tackle in one sermon. And with the variety of scripture passages that he's pulling from, um, and she just said it, it could have easily turned into at least three or four separate sermons. And I think that's very apt. That's very, um, just a very valuable observation to make. This is so broad. You know, are we talking about anxiety? Are we talking about depression? Are we talking about, um, you know, suicidality? All, all these things are, are big topics in and of themselves. Um, I think at least from what I'm thinking right now is just, I mean, on our podcast, you know, sometimes it's, it's funny thinking about a podcast is like, what does this actually do? It's like a very intangible thing. Just talking about stuff. And in some ways that is what it is. Nick and I are just talking about stuff. In other ways, just being able to normalize talking about mental illness, like, hey, it's it's okay to talk about this, to share with people. Um, but I also think, I don't know, I'm, I'm just rambling now, but yeah, Nick, um, <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell me, was there anything you thought specifically um, of just his his approach to this conversation, talking about miserable comforters and i know he's alluding to job there for those who are wondering um are there some ways that you have seen the church be a miserable comforter and not in an effort to condemn the church but more just like what what would you mention as how we cannot be miserable comforters yeah well i mean i could definitely start off with like an anecdote that you know does not have any identifying information whatsoever but there was a family at a church i had previously attended whose daughter was experiencing um mental health issues or challenges that were brought to the attention of church staff and were invalidated um and then it ended up being sometime later that there's a suicide attempt that she tried to do um, and following that, the family actually ended up leaving that church because they felt as if a lot of that could have been prevented with the support of the local body that they were really invested in. Um, and so, like, that was always at the back of my mind. And, of course, like, I found this out, like, years later because it was a pretty big church and so wasn't necessarily, like, engaged with that particular family or, like, the news surrounding that family. Um, but I think, like, finding that out later... And then hearing this sermon really like resonated with me in a way that like definitely got me feeling that this sermon at least is an introduction or a starter to ways in which that the church can begin to engage in a way that actually affirms people's struggles and provides a starting ground to where they're not going to experience what that family did in which they were essentially silenced to a degree Hmm. yeah i wonder i think uh thinking about these things when it comes to saying something like invalidated or not affirming someone's struggle i think on the face of it a lot of people might respond who who may unintentionally be silencing people and say, ah, I I care about people. I'm not, I'm not trying to invalidate them. Um, do you mind speaking to that a little bit about how we may not affirm people's struggle or I don't know if that's the right verbiage, but, or like not 
let me let me put it this way what are ways that we can come alongside people i know this is this is just very very broad but kind of broad a little broad but a little broad <laughs> i mean pastor jerome goes into it as well and that like i mean i pulled a quote from it from his sermon Boom. and he says instead of being a christian cliche be someone they can cling to so it's like their air quote they call it a thought tattoo so it's something that like you know keep with and resonate following the sermon like something that can be like tangible that they can just remember easily um and i think that like that ties in with another anecdote from one of my friends who doesn't actually attend church that was going through some rough times and all she was getting peppered with over and over were the various christian cliches like even what pastor drum mentioned is you know like everything turns out for god's good or i can't remember the other one he mentioned it has something to do with you know like all things work out for good or something like that sure and just things that were like yeah sure that might be applicable in some instances but not in the midst of somebody's suffering so it's just like being cognizant of how phrases can be interpreted by somebody that's experiencing a an episode of mental distress or a period of mental distress that is going to come at that saying from a completely different perspective. Yeah. I think that brings to mind. And I mean, full disclosure, I don't mind sharing this. I have struggled with anxiety a lot in the past and some varying levels of just distress and not as necessarily like a situational thing, which is very real. You know, sometimes people who don't struggle regularly with mental illness, they have an acute episode or something, some sort of stressful event. Um, but they're not really used to mental illness on the more of a clinical level where it's constant. And obviously, you know, these disclaimers, obligatory disclaimers, you know, obviously we are not counselors. It's great to see a counselor if you're able to, um, also, if you are considering suicide, uh, please do call a suicide hotline um, or, you know, 911. Probably worth just a quick Google search to get a suicide hotline. And I know there's also some available where you can text. Um, and we'll, we'll put those in the show notes as well so that you got that uh, to reference. Um, but truly, I remember for me, I had a mentor when I was going through a lot of anxiety and I and this was when I was in high school and I just it just never occurred to me but now it seems like oh duh, that's obvious but it, it just never occurred to me he said I, I remember I was just like really trying to I was really groaning inwardly <laughs> for lack of a better term just like feeling so stressed out about this decision I had to make I don't even remember what the decision was it was probably about like taking a job or something like that I don't know it might have been about dating somebody I, I don't even know and he was like, I was like, what is God trying to teach me in this? And he was like, Jesus is not necessarily always trying to teach you something. Sometimes he's just with you. He's just hugging you or just silently. Like he's just, he's just with you. And I remember that being very profound at the time. Again, now I think, oh, of course, like, obviously God's not always like, here's a lesson I'm teaching you. Um, you know, like sometimes... He's just existing with us. And um, that, I don't know. That's just an image I was thinking about for my own experiences that was very valuable for me. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, mental illness is, it's, it's intense because honestly, any, any topic you talk about, if you talk about medication, you know, I have friends that I've seen them take medication and they, their condition got much, much worse. Um, I have friends that they've taken medication. They're, they're doing very well. Um, you know, in, in Christians, especially you kind of add in this dynamic, people talk about like, um, if you are not, if your faith is weak. Um, and I think that, um, if I remember right, I think Pastor Jerome mentions that and, and addresses that well. Um, but this idea of like, no, it's, it's not that you're like weak because that, that almost has vestiges from earlier in the 20th century when this idea of like, oh, you're mentally weak, like almost like you don't mentally work out. <laughs> yeah. Or like the poor have something wrong with them. And I mean, that goes back even to the first century or even like beyond that. Right. Um, and even Jesus calls that crap out too. And that he's like, I think it was following the the tower that killed a bunch of people in Jerusalem, Tower of Siloam. Is that right? I don't know. You're going to have to fill this one out. I don't know. Okay. Well, take, never mind. Take us <laughs> but, to the um, end. I'll like reel it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like this tower fell, killed a bunch of people and people were like asking who sinned. And it's like, no, Jesus says like, this is a tragedy. Like it's not because somebody sins. So like sometimes within the church, we can associate things that are tragic that are part of a, you know, the the system of the old world with its corruption and death. Yeah. I mean, it it reminds me also that, well, this isn't mental illness necessarily directly related, but the idea of when, I think, I don't know if it was disciples or somebody asked Jesus, like, why is this dude blind? (laughs) Did his parents sin or did he sin? And God's like, no. (laughs) Jesus is like, no. This is, he's just blind for the glory of God. And then Jesus heals him. It's like, nah, you guys are all wrong. You don't, you don't get it. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, I will say a hopeful thing to end on is that, and I think Pastor Drum like talks about this a little bit too. And something that I tend to forget um, sometimes, just because I feel like it was not a passage I really read a lot in that, I want to say it's in Matthew 25 where Jesus is saying that, you know, essentially he's with those who suffer. Like he's with the persecuted, the oppressed, the weak, the poor. Um, I think that includes those that experience mental distress as well. And so to have that as well, in addition to the security of salvation, having the presence of God in the midst of those who suffer and should resonate with us to remember or to keep in mind at least. (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying to find the name of the episode for next week. Oh crap! Or we can just leave it. That's fine. Leave it like this. <laughs> yeah, they'll just know that it was a rough cut. That Luke was not prepared for the oh, no. episode. <laughs> We're talking about mental illness, and Luke just starts laughing. <laughs> Look is, how funny okay. mental illness is. No. So this one, oh, the episode that's coming up is my interview with Katrina Hodges, a community organizer in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it's about the church, racism, and what hope she has for the future. And I've titled this episode, Critical Church Theory, because I thought it'd be a fun play on words for what we're discussing. Amazing. Well, you guys heard it from Nick himself. Come back next episode for Critical Church Theory. See you next week. Bye, guys.